Good morning, church. How we doing this morning? Everybody doing okay? Anybody like me feeling like 10 pounds heavier than you were Wednesday? Yeah. Woo. I like how someone cheered that. Let's go. Woo. Let's go. Man, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. My name is Mark. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the directors of student ministry here at War Church. And uh, on behalf of all of our staff, we want to welcome you here. Whether you're joining us online or my homies out in Farmington, we're so glad you all decided to worship with us today. And uh, we believe God has something good in store for us. So friends, the time is finally here when it is socially acceptable to start listening to Christmas music. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, this, this is a big point of contention in my house, actually, because uh, me and my daughter, Cozy, we love listening to Christmas music like November 1st. We're in. You know, Halloween's over. Let's go. But then my son, Micah, uh, he always gets mad because he feels like we disrespect Thanksgiving by listening to Christmas music too soon. Yeah, I, I hear those claps back there. I, I, I affirm that. Um, but whatever opinion you have, it is now okay, my friends. So let those carols ring loudly and loudly. So um, I really love Thanksgiving. You know, I, I'm, it's one of my favorite holidays. And I mean, at, at first glance, the obvious reasons. I love food. I love turkey. For those weirdos who don't like turkey, what are you doing with your lives? Eat the turkey. And I love football, even though this football game this year was not as great to watch. Wasn't too thankful for the result of the Lions game. Amen. But I love everything about it, getting together with family. And I also love the, the feelings it inspires in people. When we get to Thanksgiving, it's like all of a sudden we think this is the one time of year where we start to really think about all we have to be thankful for. In our house, uh, we just started a tradition this year where we sit at the table and we have some homemade cinnamon rolls because that's the best uh, warm-up for a good Thanksgiving dinner is cinnamon rolls, of course. So we eat our cinnamon rolls and then we go around the table and every person, we go A through Z. Every person takes one letter and says what they're thankful for. So like a first person could say apples, second person could say books, you know. Uh, in our house it winds up S is always the switch and P is always the PlayStation. Uh, you know, whatever you're thankful for, it's all good. But um, I, I just love seeing my kids come alive when they start talking about all the things they have to be thankful for. And, and it makes me feel really good too when you sit back and really give some time to dwell on all the things you have to be thankful for. It gives you a good feeling, right? So the question is, if being thankful inspires good feelings inside of us, if, if we start to be thankful and remember how good life really is, then why do we only focus on being thankful once a year? And, and maybe not everybody. Maybe you do give thanks every day, which is an incredible practice. Uh, but for, for a lot of the world, it seems like this is, okay, it's Thanksgiving, so now we have to think about what we're thankful for. But wouldn't it be incredible if we could take that same feeling, the joy we experience, the peace we experience, wouldn't it be great if we could have that feeling every day of the entire year? It'd be pretty good, right? And I believe there is a way to do that. Because see, I feel like there's almost like a spectrum of thankfulness that everybody falls on. So, so for our purposes, we'll say like, this is the really thankful side because we're close to the Advent wreath. Y'all can't see it if you're walking online, but it's over there. Um, this side we'll say because it's close to the Advent wreath, close to Jesus, this is like the really thankful people. And you all know these kind of people, right? You probably have one in your life that they just, looks like they're lighter when they're walking around. And, it, and they're just always saying thank you to people, always talking about what they're thankful for. 
Or maybe you fall on the other end of the spectrum, which we'll call for our purposes, the grumpy people. You know what I mean? And you all know this person too, who you ask them how they're doing and they just start listing everything that's wrong in their life. You all know those people? <clears throat> you don't have to look too far to find them. You can just pull up Facebook. And there's a lot of grumpy people on Facebook. I'm in a community page, like I'm sure a lot of you are too, and someone will be like, T- today even, someone put, a, put out a post inviting people to worship at their church if they need some joy in their life. And I was like, yeah, you know, heart reacted it and everything. But then I looked at the comments and there was someone who was really angry and it had nothing to do with the original post. They were like, I just want the admins to know. And they complained about all these kind of things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're, they're just inviting you to church, bro. You don't have to go all hard like that, you know? So I, there's a lot of people like that in the world too. The real grumpy people. There's the thankful people people. And if we ask ourselves where Jesus falls on this spectrum, he's probably far this way, right? Jesus was always giving thanks, and, and he's the person that we put all of our hope in, the God we put all of our trust in. So if we're honest with ourselves, we want to be more like Jesus, right? Amen? Come on now. We want to be more like Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, only five of us. What are we doing here? Um, but um, yeah, we all want to be more like Jesus. So, so for our purposes today, my hope is that through looking at a couple of scriptures we have, we're going to be jumping around a little bit, but my hope is that every single one of us can take one step closer to a habit of thankfulness. One step closer to Jesus, because at the end of the day, that's what life is all about for those of us who follow Jesus, is becoming more and more like him every day. So luckily, the Bible kind of has a lot to say about thankfulness and what it means to be thankful. And the reason I think we got to be intentional about this is because you understand why there's so many grumpy people in the world when you look at the state of the world, right? Like, is anyone excited for the 2024 presidential election? Not to get political, but no one's excited for that. You know, you're going to see a lot of grumping, a lot of complaining all over the place and things. Man, we also see the rising cost of groceries. I got four kids and our grocery bills have what quadrupled, I think, in the past couple of years. Sure, one is because we have a high school swimmer and the kid eats a lot, you know. But um, everything's just getting more expensive. Gas prices are rising. We're seeing escalation of violence in our world happening around us over in the Middle East, sure, but in our own country as well with the shootings and all these things coming on the rise. And you got to wonder, when you look at the state the world is in right now, what is there really to be thankful for? And I think the people that Paul was writing to were in a similar spot, or actually maybe a lot worse than us. See, he was writing to new believers in Thessalonica, and he was writing to encourage them because as people were putting their faith and hope in Jesus, they were being persecuted for their faith. And not just like made fun of, but, but spit on, tortured, beaten, all because of their faith. So Paul writes this letter to them. And in the midst of all the things going on in their lives, Paul does some really audacious things with this passage. He writes to the people who are being tortured and all these things, and he says, rejoice always. I mean, even for us, that's kind of hard to imagine, right? Rejoicing all the time. He's writing to these people who are being beaten for their faith, and he's saying, just rejoice, man, you know? He writes to him and he says, pray continually. He has the audacity to tell these people and to tell us today to give thanks in all circumstances. So a question for us, it's okay, how? 
And why? Because there's not, the, the reality is there's not a ton to be thankful for in this world. But we, Paul gives us that same challenge that he gives to the people of Thessalonica. So the question for us this morning is how do we do that? How do we take one more step towards being a person of thankfulness and away from being the grumpy people? How do we move closer to Jesus? Because I believe this world needs more people who practice thanksgiving. This world needs more people who are like Jesus. They have plenty of grumpy people. The world don't need no more grumpy people, right? The world needs more people like Jesus. So how do we get there? So this morning, we're going to be turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles with you, we'll have it on the screens here as well. Um, but when we get to this letter, Thessalonians, Paul is writing to, like I said, new believers there. He's writing to encourage them who are facing persecution. He writes them to give them some godly instruction into godly living and to give them assurance who are facing, to the believers who are facing an uncertain future. So that's kind of a little bit of background on Paul's letter to the people in Thessalonica, the believers in Thessalonica. And where we jump in, in chapter 5, we're kind of looking at the closing sentiments after this passage is over. We're looking at his final kind of greetings. Like, okay, and just to wrap it all up in conclusion, here we go. And we start here in verse 12. Paul writes, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you, hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. So this is our first admonition Paul gives us, right? He says, honor those who are working hard, honor those in leadership, honor those who, who are over you, who are ruling over you, making sure things run well. And then the next one he says is this, the next admonition, he says, live in peace with, with each other, which is what makes a lot of sense, right? Because God is trying to bring his kingdom here to earth through us. And Jesus says that the way people will know we love God is by how we love each other. So live in peace with each other. And this especially applies to gatherings of God's people like churches, which we all know we don't always do the best at. So, you know, it's a good reminder. Live in peace with each other. All right. And then next thing that comes up here. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. All good things, right? You're like, yeah, that is a good closing. It makes a lot of sense. All the things Paul is saying, good practice, let's do these things. But then comes verse 16, and he says this, rejoice always. It's the entire verse, verse 16. If you all are like, man, I wish I could memorize more scripture, but I don't know where to start. It's an easy one. Two words. Rejoice always. Memorize that this week. Real easy. Rejoice always. Again, think about the people he was writing to. People who were being persecuted because of their faith. Families torn apart, right? And he's saying, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray continually. And then verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He has some audacity, right? To say these kinds of things to us, to say these kinds of things to the new believers in Thessalonica who were riding the struggle bus more than we could probably ever imagine. 
And he says the same message to us too. Pray, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. So it sounds easy enough, right? Kids are screaming, won't go to bed, rejoice. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, you know? Get a flat tire in the rain on your way to work, got to change it on the side of the freeway, rejoice. Yes, thank you, Lord, for this flat tire. Got the flu, strep, bad allergies, just rejoice. Isn't this fun? We can just rejoice when anything happens. Isn't that great news? <laughs> kind of, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's the same, same. Uh, look, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, and you're an underliner like me, I underline a lot of stuff in my Bible. So if you're an underliner, underline the words, give thanks in all circumstances. Then notice the words that follow, for this is God's will for you. If you've never been to church before, or if you're not a Christian yourself yet, just think, what, what I want you to know about this is we as Christians are always chasing after God's will for us. Whether it's a new job, we say, well, is this God's will for me to go here or to stay where I am? Or whether it's, you know, raising your kids, you say, I want to raise them according to God's will for them. Even what, what the next day will bring or the next year, we say, God, I just, I want your will in my life. Show me your will for my life. And God's over here like, I already did. My will for your life is to give thanks in every and all situations. So what we're going to do this morning is I'm, I'm going to give you a couple things that this is what happens when you're able to live your life with a thankful attitude. And then we're going to kind of take a turn and see how can we become more thankful tomorrow than we were today. And again, my hope is that all of us can commit to taking one small step for mankind. No, that's, that's not it. One small step towards thankfulness and towards Jesus. Sorry, my mind jumps around a lot. So this, thanks for coming on this roller coaster with me, everyone. All right, so results of thanksgiving, thankfulness. Number one, thankfulness refocuses my perspective. Have you ever noticed that when, when you're leaning more towards the grumpy side, you tend to focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have? Have you ever noticed that your thoughts go to that? Or maybe even when things get really bad in your life and situations get pretty tough, you start to actually think about what matters most. Maybe in the midst of loss, or maybe it's in the midst of a loss of someone you love, or your house, or your job, or whatever it is. In times of crisis, we tend to put more into perspective what matters most to us. It's interesting, isn't it? So it almost makes sense that even when we're in bad situations, we still have something to be thankful for. Because we've experienced it, right? We've experienced what happens when we get to loss and we remember what matters most to us. The reality is crisis helps us determine what's most important, which paves the way for us to be thankful in all things. It changes our perspective. The second thing thankfulness does is it softens and refreshes my heart. I want to take a quick moment to read through Psalm 95. We're going to read the whole chapter. So you can turn there if you want to, or you can just sit and hear the words. You can close your eyes if you want to. I just want you to notice the roller coaster of emotions that David is going through in Psalm 95. He writes this, starting in verse 1. He says, 
Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation and let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah. As you did that day at Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me, they tried me though they had seen what I had done. And for 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. What this psalm is referring to is kind of the the roller coaster of a journey that the people of Israel had been on. See, there came a lot of seasons throughout their journey in the Old Testament. It's all written down in there if you're ever interested to learn more about the people of Israel. Um, But what had happened is God had made them this promise that if you trust me, you'll be taken care of. But the problem is over and over again, the people of Israel, they forgot what it was they were supposed to be thankful for and their hearts became hard. See, God was building them into a strong nation. God was saving them from their enemies. He was dealing boldly with people who were opposing them. And all along the time, they just kept getting back to this side of the spectrum and saying, yeah, but if only we had this. If only you would do this. And they kind of forgot what God had already done. So you see that moment when they move from thankful to grumpy, you almost see their hearts becoming hard. And friends, that same thing can happen to us. But also... Thankfulness can soften our hearts again. When we start thinking about things we're thankful for, all of a sudden we remember how good of a God we serve and the ways God has blessed us and the ways God has given to us. I remember shortly after my wife and I got married, um, we went on a mission trip to Romania. It was awesome. Uh, My great-great-grandparents came over from Romania, so it was really cool to be there. And um, we got to go at the end of a Habitat for Humanity Blitz build. So they were building all these new homes for families who needed them. And the coolest part about being there at the end was we got to see the families move into these homes. Now at the time when we went, we had a house in Livonia that was about 700 square feet. No garage, no basement. Ikea was our favorite store because we'd be like, oh, there's some space over our front door. We can put towels there, you know, and it was great. So, but a lot of people around us when we bought our house were looking at us and saying like, well, what happens if you have kids? Where are you going to put the kids? Where are you going to store stuff? Where are you going to store the lawnmower? I didn't even have, I had a shed, but it was like falling over. So I didn't want to put my lawnmower in there. So there were all these things. And and I kept thinking, I won't speak for Lisa, but I kept thinking, yeah, man, this ain't going to cut it. It's not enough. So we're in Romania for the end of this blitz build. And the homes we're building are the exact same floor plan as our house in Livonia. And the cool thing about it was there were families of, of six or seven people all moving into this one space that was as big as our home in Livonia. And they were so excited 
Because for a lot of them, they were moving out of, they rented a bedroom in a house where six or seven people all shared one bed together. And all of a sudden they had their own place. And they were so excited and seeing their thankfulness really softened my heart and the heart of my wife because we, we, we started to see, man, look at the thankfulness in their hearts. We can be thankful too because of what God has done. So we started just thanking God for the way he had blessed us and taken care of us. And it softened our hearts. Thankfulness does that. Third thing thankfulness does, and it does a lot of other things too, but for our purposes, the third thing we'll mention this morning is thankfulness reminds us of God's goodness. It brings us back to a place where we remember how good God is. In Psalm chapter 7, verse 17, it says this, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord most high. We praise God when we remember how good he is. And the way we remember how good he is, is by giving thanks for the things that he's done. It brings us back to him again. So what do we do with all this? So, so, so we know the attitude Thanksgiving inspires within us. We've seen the ways that Thanksgiving can have a positive impact on our lives, on our attitude, on our emotions. So what do we do with all this? I want to give you all a couple practical steps that you can think about committing to for this next week to try and take one step closer to living a thankful life, to being more like Jesus than you are today. So there's a couple ways we can do this. Number one... Make thankfulness your attitude. See, thankfulness is a choice. We can choose to be thankful. At the beginning of this year, I remember we were down seeing our friends in Cincinnati. Uh, we always go down there for New Year's and it was New Year's Eve. We were setting up like for games and food and all this kind of stuff for a party. And uh, I, got a, I missed a call from my buddy Josh. And I thought, oh, well, I'll call him back later. It's kind of weird he called. He usually texts, but I'll call him back later. And then he followed it up with a text and he said, uh, call me as soon as you can. I was like, that's weird. And again, this is like five o'clock on New Year's Eve. So I, I call my buddy Josh and he goes, look, man, I don't, I don't really know how else to say this, but Craig is dead. Craig was his brother, older brother, and a really, really good friend of mine. I, I'd call him like a brother of mine. And I was like, dude, if you're joking right now, this is a really sick joke. He's like, nah, I'm serious. His wife came home from work and found him laying on the couch. And he just never woke up. I remember in that moment, the first thing I did, I, I hung up and then I drove up to Temperance from Cincinnati to be with them uh, that night. But I remember as I was driving, you know, you get into your head a lot when you're driving long distances. And I just remember, I was so angry because Craig's story was filled with really high highs and really low lows. And he was finally kind of on a track. He had, he had gotten married. He had a house. Like everything finally seemed to be coming into shape for him. And then he dies. So as I was reading this verse, give thanks in every situation, I started thinking, so is God just calling me to be, thanks God, thanks for taking my best friend. But then I started thinking about all the reasons I had to be thankful that I had Craig in my life. I was so thankful that Craig loved Jesus. 
because I know where he is. I know where he's going. I was so thankful for the years I had at Crossroads with Craig when he taught me what it means to be a really, really good friend. And at times what it means to not be a great friend, but mostly good, mostly good. (laughs) I'm thankful for all the times we went disc golfing together. We would go every Friday with his dad and his brother. And I was especially thankful for the times I crushed him at disc golf, which was only twice, but I really milked it because those were good days. See, when, when you start to think about all the things you have to be thankful for, you can drown out sorrow with thankfulness, with joy. Not that you have to completely erase the sorrow because it's okay to feel that too. But you can choose to be thankful even in the darkest circumstances. In Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2, says this, it is good to say thank you to the Lord every morning telling him thank you, every morning telling him thank you for your kindness and every evening rejoice in all his faithfulness. I'm not usually one to jump around to a lot of different passages when I'm preaching, but man, there's so much good stuff about the benefits and the how-to of being thankful. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is this, make an inventory of why you're thankful. I remember my buddy Ian, who's a pastor at a church down in Tennessee, he, um, he always shared this story about his grandma, who every morning when she would wake up, she would start listing A to Z everything she is thankful for that day. Every single day she did this. And, and, and I remember thinking like, man, that's it. Like, we all should be doing that every day. Because when you start your morning remembering what you're thankful for, when you practice having a thankful attitude in small situations, then when the big situations come, you'll be practiced and know, no, I can give thanks in even this situation. In James chapter 5, verse 13, we hear these words. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually be singing praises to the Lord, which leads us kind of to our last, our last step, our last point here. And it says, make God, make God the source of your thankfulness. Make God the source of your thankfulness. We're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. It says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Can I read that again? Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. See, what happens when we place God as the source of our thankfulness, we're placing our thankfulness in a place that will never leave or forsake us. We're planting the thing, the source of our thankfulness in something that will never be shaken, a kingdom that will never fail. It's built on love and hope enjoy. Here's today's big idea. I want you all to remember this. If you make God the source of your thankfulness, you will always be thankful because God will never leave you nor forsake you. And I realize some people here this morning, maybe you're just checking out church. Maybe you're not, uh, you haven't chosen a life with God or with Jesus Christ yet. Uh, So you're wondering, man, how do I even do this? Like, how can I be thankful and make God the source of my thankfulness when I'm not even sure God is real? And and my, my challenge to you this week would be to try it out. 
Every morning this week, uh, maybe even make that list, A to Z, of things you're thankful for. And just see if you can start to see a glimmer of God's hope and love and joy. He has already showered on your life and is waiting, waiting to do so much more. Just imagine if we could move from the grumpy end of the spectrum to the thankful end to be more like Jesus. We can, and it all starts with a step. So let's all commit to taking one step closer to Jesus, one step closer to a life built around thankfulness. Will you all pray with me? God, this morning, we're so thankful that you love us the way you do. We're thankful that you love us in spite of the things we do or the things we don't do or the things we are yet to do. Your love for us never changes. And for that, we have so much to be thankful for. God, I thank you for this gathering of people where we can come and worship you and be reminded of how good you are, how holy you are, how righteous you are. God, I'm thankful for people like like Donald and our worship team who, who lead us right into your presence, into your throne, into your kingdom. God, I'm so, so thankful for everything you have done in and through our lives. God, help us never to forget, help our hearts never to be hardened, but to stay soft, knowing that we have so much that we can give thanks for in every situation. We can rejoice always. We can pray continually. We love you, God, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.